As we mark this year of online-only church, let us pause for thanks and praise for the staff and volunteers who have made it happen and the easygoing attitude of the congregation as we've climbed this steep learning curve. As I said, many names are there in your order of service if you just click on the link. And today I'm remembering Ann Zeiss and Docs Doxiatis the week before we took it all online, with Ann holding up her iPhone to send the service to those who decided they'd better stay safe and stay home. The board members who are currently serving signed on in the first couple of months of the calendar year with no idea what they were getting into. And they've met the challenge with grace and determination. As millions around the world and over half a million people in the United States have lost their lives, we begin with lamentation. Some among us who have lost dear friends to COVID are Mary Grebenkemper, Barbara Saxton, and Alice Ruzicka, who sent this bittersweet photo. Alice writes, I lost a lifelong friend to COVID in January. I had been close friends with Susie for 70 years. My elementary school friends and I get, got together every year, but Susie is not with us and one of my friends won't be vaccinated, so we will get together no longer as a group. And Fran Perry, whose dearest Bryce died of non-COVID causes not long into the shutdown, has missed him terribly. We grieve as well for lost time. Almost everyone who shared for this service said that what they miss is being with people they love. Hugs, time with my children, being with friends in person, over and over quiet voices of sorrow. Sally Onger writes, not being able to be with my granddaughter, whose picture you see here, has been devastating. She's grown up so much in the eight months since I've seen her. Bill Hilton says, I've not yet held my three-month-old granddaughter. Though he notes, it will happen soon now that I have received the second vaccine. We have another baby photo there from Bill. <laughs> Others also spoke of new members of their families they have yet to meet or being separated from parents or children for far longer than they would ever have imagined to their great sorrow. Theta misses going out for special time with her kids. And one person who lives alone notes, I haven't touched anyone for eight months. Even those who live with a partner and or who are generally introverted and enjoy solitude report a need for more physical contact. We didn't know just how much we needed it before. Wei Chang was one who found 
I don't think of myself as miserable or even particularly unhappy after a year of living alone during the pandemic. It turned out to be a more sustainable lifestyle than I would have thought. Even so, they too have missed being in the physical company of their friends and family. And on the other hand, those who live with others have wished for some alone time. From those who shared a longing to be alone in their house now and then, it sounds like many of us would benefit from a thoughtful rotation of everyone go take a long walk except one family member. Solitude is like medicine. You can have too much of it or you can have not enough. Linda Hennigan has been happily surprised by how resilient her kids have been, but notes for herself, locking down with my family has felt like living on a submarine. We're all together all the time, and our house isn't very big. We've had good laughs and good times, but I'm looking forward to debarking this ship. And then there are the things we love to do that we just can't do at home, at least not in the same way going to plays, concerts, the Commonwealth Club, the ferry to Sausalito, the movies, going in the same car with friends to events, meeting at church, going to the gym, interacting with the waiters and cashiers we've gotten to know and having casual interactions with strangers in stores, browsing in the library, square dancing in person, people watching in a cafe. Singing, says Steve Johnson, voicing what many have shared, though he does note that he can sing along with the Metropolitan Op Opera broadcast, something that would be frowned upon in the theater, or, he says, the office. Some of us have had to cancel planned travel, or we just miss being able to go out of town for a weekend. We've missed special events, like a 50th reunion. Some of us haven't been able to do our jobs, or they've been radically changed. Kathy Swartz, who is a children's librarian, has missed her real job, as she says, interacting with kids on a daily basis in person. Barbara Saxton misses being able to volunteer in her educational community as a living classroom docent and trainer. And Richard Haidt misses seeing students' interactions. We've all greatly appreciated the skills Bruce Olstad has acquired in video production, and he's a fun and valued member of our worship tech team, but naturally, he misses his work as a choir director and voice coach. Many of us, on the other hand, find that we have more time for volunteering running our city's website, DJing at the radio station. And we've used this time to become expert at Zoom, learn how to edit videos, learn how to record ourselves for virtual choir pieces, and do a lot more gardening than usual. Jessica Huckabee says, I learned to be an awesome virtual presenter. That's terrific. Jacka Wiki, who took this gorgeous photo, muses, for reasons that aren't entirely clear to me. Can you back that up one, Tim? Yeah, I want to see that storm for a minute. Jack says, for reasons that aren't entirely clear to me, my photographic skills have improved a lot in the past year. Bill Hilton, too, has done more photography. 
And he's also enjoyed trying a lot of new recipes. These bird photos come from Bill. We've gotten some of those long neglected tasks done from labeling photos, as Geraldine says, to digitizing music and discovering old songs along the way, as Marianne says, to clearing out papers, Fran Perry, to home projects, Kathy Schwartz, and renovations, me and Susan Plass. Theta Korn says, I've walked every day, a habit that I was told to do pre-pandemic but never got around to. Susan Plass has had the idle yet peaceful time to weave together family history she has been collecting for over four decades into something to share with her family. Ellie Reese says, I was surprised that I managed to keep working as an archaeologist even during the shutdown. Apparently the low house cost housing construction project was exempt from the shutdown in March 2020 and as the archaeological monitor, I was expected to continue my job too. I felt very lucky. Joe English, whom we just saw uh, on her walk and is a chiropractor, says, is very grateful to be an essential worker. At first, Joe says, I was afraid of endangering my life, but this actually has been life-saving for both myself and my patients. We've certainly experienced benefits of this unasked for strange and tragic year. Brooke, shares, Brooke Bashara shares that she has learned how much I needed to be out in nature, how much I was missing it before the pandemic but did not know it. Geraldine Moran notices that a lot more people are out in our open spaces and walking the city. Dick Duda is one of those who has spent more time walking and getting to know his neighborhood, a gift of this time as he is driving, as is driving less. Can you back up? We'll see those pictures from Dick's neighborhood for just a moment more. Yeah. Christy and Bill, Christy Iverson and Bill Hilton have a neighbor who raises monarch butterflies and Christy has been surprised and delighted to be able to enjoy them and to do much more walking in her neighborhood. Several of us are doing more cooking, eating healthier meals and getting a lot more exercise. Clearly these are priorities that fall to the bottom of the list when our lives are busier. Melissa Thompson has mastered a fabulously tasty and crunchy sourdough. Several of us have used this time and the new comfort with video conferencing to connect more with family or reconnect with people we had lost touch with. Christy Iverson has, she says, been loving her weekly reading and play Zoom sessions with their two older granddaughters. Joe English says, a nice surprise is how much I enjoy the Zoom church meetings. Watching services up close makes it much more enjoyable and personal for me, and being home in my jammies is a bonus. This picture comes to us from Brian Weller, who received a Valentine's Day card, as many of you did, from the Senior High Youth Group. 
Drew Omen has enjoyed meeting new folks in the breakout rooms after service and attending the Talent No Talent show. And Jessica Huckabee found more connections virtually through Brown Bag Books and has been listening to great recorded virtual church when otherwise she may not have had time to attend Sunday services. We have made a lot of discoveries like that. Things that don't require a pandemic for us to do them, but that it took the pandemic to make a regular part of our lives. Maybe we can note them now. What has been valuable about this time that we don't want to lose once we can once again go out for meals with friends and travel freely? Let's not forget. We can keep listening to the opera or rock concerts or Broadway musicals via broadcast as well as in public places and sing along. We can take care of those home projects, not as easily when we are commuting to work or traveling for a lot of weekends, but maybe more easily than we thought before this year. We can engage in reflection and reading and study we can be alone intentionally, and we can be holed up with our family intentionally instead of under duress. And several of us noted that virtual gatherings are more satisfying than we could have imagined. It's great to have work meetings that we can attend without driving, and Karen Scold appreciates not having to go anywhere to attend meetings, classes, and worship services. Linda Hannigan says, I've attended more interesting meetings and taken more trainings than ever before because it's so easy on Zoom. Me too. Marilyn Austin finds that one of the benefits of this time has been UUCPA learning how to do virtual programs. Me too. Steve Johnson notices how much better I hear the service over Zoom than in person, and how much worse I hear people wearing masks. I'm glad we have learned new ways to be more accessible. As much as we miss the things we did outside our homes, we've also recalibrated their place in our lives. Carrie Wagonast finds that she does not need to get to constant entertainment outside her home although she misses it. This has been a time of growing self-knowledge for many of us. Bruce says he's been learning about his own limits and strengths. Brooke says this has been a chance to refocus on my values, who I am, what gifts I have to give the world, and what the world gives to me each day. Alice has discovered, I am content with my life as it is. As much as she has missed travel and looks forward to resuming it, Alice has been pleasantly surprised by how much she was able to go with the flow. B.J. Wyshynski says, I'm almost alarmingly comfortable with hiding out at home. I'm sure you're not the only one. Richard Hyde has valued this time to evaluate what is important in life. And Florence Haas says, it's been like a year-long meditation with time and quiet to access our deeper thoughts and feelings, get a better idea of what's most important. Melissa Thompson 
speaks of the breakthrough moments of gratitude for the small wonders of living that breathe life into my spirit. No doubt this is in part due to the shift, she reports, a paring down of the chronic, overscheduled existence she had fallen into. Amy Finch, too, has been appreciating a slower pace of life. Dave Jewett recalls how growing up in a small town without other kids nearby, he had to dream up adventures, he says. He even had an imaginary friend and wonderful outdoor space to explore with that friend. This year, he's enjoyed getting time to live within his mind in a similar way. We have heard from one another about resilience, about the many online resources there are for continuing to learn and make a difference, about time to deepen both my spiritual life and my learning about important topics such as racism, Wages, spiritual, intellectual, and creative pursuits have included learning how to sing the Psalms using Gregorian chant, actually much easier than it sounds, they assure us, and compiling an ebook collection of Leo Tolstoy's public domain short stories. Many introverts have realized, if they didn't know already, how important community is to their well-being. Mike McLaughlin reports, I now know that my fantasy of spending a sizable time in space really is a fantasy. I'm sorry you learned that by sitting at home instead of by going into space. While suffering from the inability to be with many of our friends and family, many of us have not only appreciated the extra time with those with whom we live, but found that it improved our relationships in unexpected and richly joyful ways. More time with my granddaughter is something Marilyn Stoddard is grateful for. Brian Weller, who also lives in a multi-generational household, reports a steadily increasing affection and appreciation of the family with whom he lives. And while there is no question that parents of young children have had a lot of extra strain during this time, Jessica says, I have also had more time with my three-year-old when before I would have felt obligated to be running to many activities and play dates. We can rest and relax in each other's company more now. And Kathy Swartz was one parent of a young adult who benefited from this time. She says she's thankful for, quote, the gift of getting to keep my girl home with me for one more year as she elected to take a gap year before going to college, unquote. And more than one person expressed gratitude for animal companions who kept us sane and whose growth has been a joy to watch now that we have time to see puppies change every day. Several people have commented on new closeness with their life partners. Barbara Saxton says she is closer to her spouse than ever before in almost 40 years of marriage. And Susan Plass says the biggest blessing of this time has been finding Michael and I more in love than ever, enjoying time together, usually just the two of us. This, that turns out to be a gift beyond measure. Amen and hallelujah. 
and it's so wonderful to see your beloved faces. I know it isn't true for everyone. Unhappy partnerships can crack under the strain of forced proximity. If that's you, please reach out to us or other sources of help. For those who are benefiting from more time together, is that something we can preserve post-pandemic? Let's pledge to ourselves now that we will. No one with a long commute misses it, you won't be surprised to hear, and several of us note with gratitude how fast traffic moves and how much air pollution has dropped. We have reflected on how the community and country has dealt with this crisis in ways good, bad, and still to be seen. Anne Zeiss is happy about the great number of people who have stepped up to make a difference during this slow-moving crisis. And George Cole appreciates receiving proof that years of preparing for a disaster and spending the time and assets and efforts to have reserves available for an unknown emergency would and did prove sensible. Dick Duda notes, there has been a huge difference in how the virus has affected different people. In my family, the big negative impact has been on their interrupted high school experience. I've been really fortunate, but I know that a lot of people are hurting, and we have just started to see the impacts on society. Others among us have echoed this sense of good fortune for ourselves and worry for others. Kathy Swartz speaks for many of us when she says, I wish I could say that the world or even just our country has learned about caring for others and, from our plan and for our planet from all this. Crossing my fingers. And Dick Duda has a particular recommendation for us. Maybe we should read together for Reed Zakaria's book, 10 Lessons for a Post-Pandemic World. Sounds like an adult religious education offering I might like to make later this year. Theta Corns is one who has found the increased difficulty of doctor visits a challenge. And Melissa Thompson, who is a chaplain at Kaiser in Redwood City, sees the heartbreak of COVID up close and looks forward to being able to have families present again <coughs> at their loved one's bedside. <coughs> Sally Unger emerges from this time with a hard-won insight into depression, something she had not experienced to such an extent for many years, and with it more understanding of those who suffer it even when their circumstances are normal. Some of us will still have to be cautious, we note, but we're looking forward to being able to mingle with others without fear. Glenda Jones wants to resume her piano lessons with Veronica in person. Ed Hartle is looking forward to a subsiding of the haunting anxiety that has dogged us all through these many months. We're looking forward to coming back to church in the manner we're used to. Susan and Michael Plass live just up the hill from the church in their new community and are really looking forward to attending in person. Here in the Bay Area, Marilyn Austin says, I already knew that UUCPA was central to my life, but the past year has made it even more clear to me. As Marianne Neuwirth writes, 
She is grateful for UUCPA services that have helped her remember what really matters in this life, being kind, being of service, honoring our connections. These responses from 43 people have helped all of us to honor our connections, to remember that we are affected very differently by the same events, but that we nevertheless have one another to help us through our own experiences of loneliness or anxiety. As George Cole noted in his response, perspective across time, places, ages, generations, and cultures truly helps tolerating the strains and pressures of the immediate present. As with those who aren't attending online services or other online events, we don't know the thoughts of those who didn't respond. This year has been an acute lesson in asking ourselves who isn't in the room. How can we meet the needs, not only of those who are here, but those who aren't? That is such an important part of realizing our mission. And due to this experience, we are better equipped now to ask and answer. We are grateful for those who have carried the flame. And we are painfully, sorrowfully aware of those who have not survived this year. For those of us who do, Florence speaks for us all when she expresses a hope that when we emerge, life will feel more precious. May it be so.